look, I know some American autistics, and they're not nearly as adorable as so, those Australian autistics. So there's a girl on there who's... You should put this um, pop filter, or not the pop, the the, on, uh, the, the wind the, mic. Ugh, this is... This is terrible. This is the worst thing is it we've working? ever done. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. How about now? That's much better. Okay, good. Now you're not so, sibilancing. So there's a there's a gal on there. Uh, it's just don't worry about it. It's okay. running water. There's nothing we can do about it. There's a gal on there who uh, he, she she's a graphic designer, and all she talks about is how she does graphic design, and she wants to meet a man who. Loves graphic design as much as she does, and oh. want to work with work in her company. Yeah, that she has. That's her dream man is a guy who's gonna work for her. I guess I get it. Um, and she's watched way too much fucking anime in her life. So I think that's most autisms. It. Yeah, dude. I think. Um, no offense to any autistics in the room, sitting on the stool. No, I think she's cringe. I hate her. <laughs> I hated her like I made him watch one episode oh. and he was like, Oh, ew. Like she's just an awful person. Oh yeah? Yeah. It's it's it, it sort of makes that show good because you're rooting against her. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Fucking insane. I don't want to root against them though. My favorite part about the first one is I'm rooting for all of them. Yeah, but it's fun to root against one one once in a while. There's a there's like a sixty year old guy on there. Who yeah. was diagnosed like three years previous? Oh, geez. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty endearing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <sighs> this, is, this is terrible. Uh, it's yeah for two hundred ninety nine episodes. Yeah, now. it's even worse this episode because of all these microphones and issues and Connor knocking all my toys over. Oh my God! Hello and welcome to the Loud Neighbors Podcast. My name is Trevor. I'm here with Colin. Yep. And Connor. The little neighbor. Yeah. Uh, well, before we let him take over the pod, I did some stuff this week. Did you? Well, Ooh. last week, this week, but since we recorded last, first of all, I almost died. Yeah, I heard. It was a harrowing experience. I don't know if you've ever been in a tornado. No. While outside in a tent. No. I don't, I don't think I was either, but I, I might have been. It's hard to say. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, I get convinced to go camping finally for the first time in the last since my nineteenth birthday. I'm like this seems like a good idea. I get it. It isn't. It was a good time. It was very fun. Okay. I had a very fun time. I are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, Isaac. Okay, I get to the campground, and like ten minutes after I get all my shit unloaded into my tent, it starts sprinkling. There's like a thunders and lightnings rolling in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good time. And then it starts raining and thunderstorming. And so we all get under a canopy. Like they have one of those pop-up canopies like for picnics and whatnot. Yeah. And it starts hailing like fucking crazy. And every time it's about to start tapering it off, it starts hailing again. So we're all like ten of or eight of us crowded under this little fucking awning trying not to get pelted by hail. Oh, no. For like... A half hour, 45 minutes. Finally, that clears up, and then it's beautiful out for a little while. We're all standing there enjoying the beautiful weather. Looking out across... You can't hold that thing in your nose when you're not talking. Holy shit. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently, when you said eat the mic, he took that as an actual instruction. When you're, when you're speaking into it, you have to. That, that mic sucks. Oh, okay. I have the gain all the way up, and if he wasn't holding it in his mouth, it wouldn't pick up anything. But then he breathes through his nose like this. <laughs> it's not actually that loud, but... Yeah. You wait till you it's listen ASMR. to this. It's <laughs> ASMR. Yeah, it's an ASMR uh, yeah, episode. Fair enough. So I'm looking out over the lake, and we're looking out at the beautiful weather. And there's another storm rolling in from the other side of the lake towards us. And they're like, oh, look, there's a dust devil. You guys know what a dust devil is? Yes. It's a little <laughs> bit of dust coming up from the ground in a tornado shape. This dust devil, in sarcasm quotes, went from the ground... All the way up to the clouds. That's not a dust devil anymore. Kind of a funnel shape from the ground to the clouds. And they're like, oh, look at the dust devil. Like, I have a different word for what that is. Called a tornado? I'd call that a tornado. But all of these, you know, western Nebraska folks are like, ah, no big deal. Just a dust devil on the other side of the lake. (laughs) And then this storm rolls in. And I'm like, should we, I don't know, get in the, I don't know, what do we do? Do we get in the tent? What do we do? Because the wind starts picking up like crazy. I try to crawl into the tent and it blows like the half of the tent into the back. So like the tent is half collapsed. It's pouring rain, like fucking monsoon rain. The wind is coming. I get out of the tent. I get on the other side. April's holding up her half of the tent, trying to keep it from blowing over completely and being destroyed. So I get, we're bracing the tent out in the storm, like, trying to hold the tent in front of us to keep the, the the rain and the sand as, like, needle stinging us. 70 mile an hour gusts. I don't know if you've ever been out in 70 mile an hour wind. Mm-hmm. It's fast. You don't want to be out inside of that. No. With, with rain coming down, like, fucking, like, more rain than you've ever seen, and the wind and the sand and... Reminds me of that storm that destroyed, like, all the power in the city uh, last year. Yeah. Where I was standing outside on the porch, and it's like seeing these sheets of rain hit the road and then go back up. And it's like, oh, this yeah. is not the normal storm. Yeah. Now now um, um, imagine oh. that, except for um, there's nowhere to go inside of. Yeah. When you see the rain going back up, you know you're in some shit. So we're just standing out here in this rain, holding this tent up against the storm for about a half hour, maybe a little longer. You know, no idea when... So is this going to be my whole night, just standing here holding this tent in front of me, dug in, braced against 70 mile an hour winds, trying not to get blown away? Sounds like camping's really fun. Uh, After that, it was a great time, though. After that, it cleared up and the weather was perfect for the rest of the weekend. And you appreciated that you were alive. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of, not really, not me, not ever. (laughs) But it was still a fun time. Well, I'm glad you're still around. I went camping, too. Uh, But we went to uh, Platte River State Park and had a cabin. Was adding a little more bass to Connor's voice. Oh, was I too tinny or something? Ah, Fucking microphones are weird. Okay. I called in to a podcast this week, and I don't... Like, you, you've listened to this podcast, at least some parts of it before. Yeah. You know what I sound like in real life? You know what I sound like on this show? Mm-hmm. I called into this podcast, and it didn't sound like either of those things. I'm like, I know this is my phone call because I recorded it, but that does not sound like me in any way. No, is it because it was 
compressed by the phone service and it must have been yeah. i'll play it for you later it's weird sound and i called into watp oh, okay because i'm a patreon because he said he was going to put up a um commentary track for the stuttering john movie one too many yeah and it had been two months and he still hadn't put it up so i called into bitch because i'm like i'm paying for your patreon just for this commentary bro what the fuck and so he put it up like Literally that afternoon it went up. I'm like, well, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> and then I listened to the next episode in my podcast. My my voicemail got played. And I'm like, yeah, I'm famous. Nice. I did good. I got my commentary track up. I'm excited to watch it. It's maybe the worst movie ever made. I don't doubt it. Stuttering John is not talented. Anyway, that was my camping adventure. It was beautiful the rest of the weekend. Yeah. The yeah. water was freezing, so we couldn't really swim. Because, you know, 45 minutes of ice pouring into a lake <laughs> chills it a bit. Does it? A little bit. Is that how it oh. works? Yeah. Turns out, turns out just when ice cubes just fall out of the sky into the lake. That's yeah, weird. It's weird how that works. It's just freezing. It's just a big bowl of ice water, it turns out. <laughs> it's dumb. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I I went I went camping. Yeah, how was your camping adventure? Did you almost die? No. Did you have to hold the tent up against the elements? No, but I had uh, a severe sciatic nerve issue. Oh, and couldn't sleep one night mm. at all. Yeah, it was miserable. Yeah, and oh my god, the furniture, the bed. Yeah. Terrible. The Wait, the couches the terrible. What's, what's this? Furniture. Yeah, we had a cabin. I thought you went camping. Well, yeah, we had a cabin. But you said you went camping. We did. We had a cabin. That's not camping. I mean, to you, me, you, that's as close you, to camping as I'm ever going to you get. You rented a bed and breakfast. No. No, no. Wasn't you had a it, bed what, there was and no, a couch. There was no breakfast served to us. You know we what had I to make slept on? Own. The ground. Yeah, well that sounds like you're an like idiot. Like a man. Sounds like you're an idiot. No, not I went a man. camping. Sounds like you're an idiot. What you did was go to a bed and breakfast. What I did was go somewhere, and uh, actually, the bed was probably not more comfortable than the ground. I probably would have been better off on the ground. Mm. It was that bad. God, you're a baby. I thought I was a baby. No, dude. Let me explain the differences in our uh, weekends. I faced the elements... (laughs) Like Lieutenant Dan in that scene in fucking Forrest I had Forrest to turn the Gump. air conditioning down to 68. <laughs> where, oh, where oh, my he, God. He fucking realizes life is worth living after his Wait, you had adventure. air conditioning? Colin oh, had yeah. a bed and air conditioning. And oh, it was, oh, wow. The princess felt a little bit of a pee underneath his mattress, and he just didn't get the best night's sleep. Yeah, that was horrible. Wow. When I went camping a few years ago, even I didn't have air conditioning, and I slept on the ground, and I I'm a baby. What a man. This is a man, Colin. Look at your little brother and aspire. <laughs> I'm a delicate flower who hates lack of air conditioning and I put up with camping. What a man. What a uh, mensch. So, I don't care. God, you should be ashamed. I shouldn't because I don't care. Why did you even care. go? Why not just stay home? Because it was... You got a fire pit in your backyard? I, You know, that was my thoughts, but <laughs> that wasn't how that worked out. <laughs> Oh. I was like, we could camp here, yeah. and we just come up here during the day. Yeah. It sounds like fun. Yeah. More fun than going here. I had a great time. Yeah. I learned about a new water sport that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Uh, wake 
surfing. Okay. You ever, have you ever heard of wake surfing? Yeah. I hadn't. You got to have a special boat to do it. Oh, okay. So they, it's just surfing. Like, have you ever been surfing on the ocean? It's that, except for you surfing on the wake behind a boat. All right. So these, they, it's a jet boat, like, you know, all impeller, fucking like a jet ski, but boat-sized. Like the fast ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like got all this specially designed hardware in it where it doesn't create a normal wake. It creates almost like a, like not quite half pipe, like, uh, like you'd see on the ocean, like people would surf on. So it, it, it curves off the back of the boat to the left or right, depending on how you have your settings. Like a normal wake kind of like V's out. This one just kind of curves out to one side. You get up like a normal like water skiing with the rope, but then you throw the rope away and you just ride the fucking wake like on a surfboard. It looked like the most fun I've ever seen in my life. And if the water wasn't ice water, I would have tried it. That also sounds not that fun. It, oh, it looked like the most fun I've ever seen. And being in water sounds like not fun. So that's, Well, that's normal people aren't uh, hydrophobic the way you are. Yeah, sorry. Was... Normal people aren't. I was raised a poor, poor black child. Yeah. Can't clearly, help it. <laughs> clearly. Man, I love swimming. Uh, I wish it wasn't cold. That's the only thing that was bad about the trip is that the water was too cold to swim. Everything else about the trip I wouldn't have changed, including the almost dying in a tornado. <laughs> I mean, a dust devil. Almost dying in a dust devil. So the worst part is you're sitting there ducked behind the tent with the fucking winds coming at you. You can't see shit because the water's pelting you in the face and stinging your eyes. And I'm like, so there was a tornado over there that they insisted on calling a dust devil. How long till it reaches us? How long till we actually aren't just these straight winds that we can brace again and just get sucked up into a tornado? So that was the only really, like, I was genuinely terrified for a little while that, like, oh, I had this nightmare, like, uh, about two months ago where I was trapped in a tornado. And then here I am waiting for this fucking funnel to come suck me up. It didn't happen, and then I survived. So it wasn't all good. I got him. It wasn't all good. I could have died in a tornado. The first time I could have, the first time I got talked into camping after 20 years, I could have died in a tornado and, and I could have died with an Atotiso on my lips. Justified. <laughs> this is why I don't leave my house. I'm dead in a tornado. I shouldn't have ever left my house, but I survived. And so I don't get to Atotiso anyone disappointing <laughs> very um i watched a whole bunch of movies this week yeah yeah uh i watched the beavis and butthead do the universe yeah new beavis and butthead movie it's fucking hilarious watch it everybody okay. should watch beavis and butthead they learn about white privilege oh boy they learn that um because they have white privilege they can do whatever they want and nobody will call the police on them <laughs> So they just go on a rampage. Nice. <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. Okay. Oh my uh, goodness. Like that Paramount. Yeah. Mm, I need to get that. Yeah. I ma- I made it to the like last two episodes, last episode of season five, Deep Space Nine on Netflix, and then it just ended. I mean, I so mad. If you have, it's I pay the ten dollars a month version through Amazon Prime, and then you don't have to fuck with the Paramount Plus app. 
It just uses the Amazon Prime app, which yeah. obviously isn't the best app, but no. it's light years beyond the Paramount Plus app. Really? Yeah. The Paramount Plus app is the worst app I've ever used in my life. Jeez. Uh, and some of that new Star Trek is okay, and some of it is terrible, but still kind of fun to watch. And yeah. uh, some of it is terrible. And Brave New Worlds is still good. I've only watched the first two episodes because I wanted to finish all of Discovery oh, okay. and then then watch that. But yeah. the first two episodes were amazing. They were perfect. They were okay. exactly what I wanted out of Star Trek. So they were as good as the Orville. The Orville's been really fucking good. Oh, I yeah. haven't watched the new season of that yet. Yeah, the new season's great. I will check that out soon. Uh, I love that all the episodes are an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. I watched uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I've heard not great things and some good things. It was was a Marvel movie. Yeah, it was a Marvel movie. It was better than most Marvel movies, I think. Like most recent. It was fun. It was mostly action. Lots of really cool special effects because it's, you know wizarding shit yeah um scarlet witch as the villain is great okay like they finally leaned into scarlet witch being the scarlet witch and having all of her fucked up powers and you know being a psychopath okay um i think they could have done more with the multiverse shit like they kind of only go to one other place and there's some really cool cameos and some really like, well, you, why is that your choice for cameos? Mm. Like, I don't want to spoil the really cool cameos, but then it's like they put Captain Carter in there, who's from a What If cartoon, oh. who's Agent Carter, except for she's Captain America. Okay. And they put in Black Bolt from the in whatever they were called, and then. I think a black Captain Marvel was the other one. I don't know. The characters they put in as cameo characters, except for the other two. The other two are the other two are perfect. They're exactly what you want to see. I don't know if they've been spoiled for you or not, but they're perfect. But um, they're not enough of it. And and then that's such a small part of the movie. Like so little of it has anything to do with the multiverse shit. And especially because it was a Sam Raimi movie. So I feel like Sam Raimi could have gotten way weirder than he did. Okay. That being said, Sam Raimi's stuff is all in there. Bruce Campbell's in there. Oh, good. The car's... Good, good. The car shows up for Perfect. a second. They're both in there for about 30 seconds. Nice. But they're both in there because it's fucking Sam Raimi movie. Is Ted Raimi in it? I'm sure, but I don't know what he looks like. Gotcha. Uh, it's fine. This is a fine movie. Not the best, not the worst. It's better than Black Panther for sure. That's not difficult. No. Not difficult being better than one of the worst movies you ever did. Not as good as Thor Ragnarok, probably. Okay. Is it better than Thor Dark World? Way better than Thor Dark World. I would watch this movie again if it was on. Okay. So it was fun. It had some great moments. And and yeah, it was was fun. I like the the little fucking America, whatever her name is, character they introduced. Who's I don't know who she is in the comics, but... Her superpower is she can jump through the multiverse. Oh. So it's it was fun. It was fun. Okay. Then last night, I went to the drive-in, Colin. Yeah. I watched Minions Rise of Gru. So oh, I've seen a Minions movie now. Good job. It was gibberish. Yeah. The movie was utter fucking nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Not like... Boomers love that shit, though, man. I don't oh, understand. I don't understand any of it. Nothing... Scene to scene... 
nothing had anything to do with anything else. Like they'd just be running down the street and then a Kung Fu lady jumped out of nowhere. Why would they need to have anything? And then the Kung Fu lady taught him Kung Fu and then she wasn't, she had nothing to do with anything before or after that. I'll, I'll, it, it's, they don't need to make a movie that makes sense. The, they didn't. Gibberish is all they need. Even well, because the minions sell themselves. Apparently, I didn't understand a single thing that ha- I'm like, like the whole movie. I'm like, why is this happening now? Wait, where? Yeah. What is this? Ha- this has nothing to do with anything. Wait, I mean, the do, first. I thought the first Despicable Me was pretty funny. Maybe I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't watch. This any is the, of the first other ones. any of those movies yeah. I've seen. It's a uh, Gru. The Despicable Me Gru is yeah. like twelve or thirteen years old, oh, and he's gotcha. an aspiring supervillain. I guess. Okay. Well, anyway, next movie, Jurassic World Dominion. Let me ask you guys a question. Yes. If you ever wanted to see a movie. Where dinosaurs are just like eating people. This is it. In the cities and in the in the and people are like riding around horses like they're dinosaur cowboys herding dinosaurs. So like Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> if you ever wanted to see is this movie Thundar the Barbarian, but without the light sword? You ever wanted yes. You ever wanted to see just like some dinosaurs like are hanging out on the Empire? There's a pterodactyl perched on the Empire State Building. Oh man, that sounds fantastic. You ever wanted to see that and then also all the characters that you cared about from the previous five So movies? you're saying it's not good, but it's just fan service as fuck? D- it- Bro, to the point where half of the lines in the movie are literally lines from the first movie. Just like beat for beat. Oh, There are lines and scenes. Anybody expected? There's a scene where they're like, all right, we have to, you know how in the first movie, they're like, oh, we got to go shut down the system. We got to go to the thing. And then fucking the hunter guy's like, I'm going to go to the thing. And then uh, Sattler's like, all right, I'm coming with you. And then they go down and they shut down the system. They do that uh, beat for beat, that exact scene with the same lines. And, uh, and, and that's everywhere in the movie, the exact same scenes. A guy gets killed like Nedry did by a thing with the and spits in his eye. Bro, it is basically... They interspersed all these great scenes of dinosaurs in the cities and in the jungles and in preserves with um, with Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler saying lines from the first movie and recreating scenes from the first movie. Wow. And uh, Jeff Goldblum is there. Uh, and um, and uh, Star-Lord is there. And uh, Ron Howard's daughter is there. Okay, perfect. They're all there. They're all there. They all meet up at the end, and it's like, oh, all the Jurassic Parks are together at the end of this movie, and they save the day, and the T-Rex, the T-Rex is there at the end of the movie, and it it roars, and it wins. It's everything you want out of a stupid sixth Jurassic Park movie, Colin. It's perfect. Of course. I loved it. It was a bad movie. It was a dumb movie. It was perfect. There was a new fucking giant raptor. That had giant Edward Scissorhands claws. I'm uh-huh. assuming it's probably a real dinosaur. Um, but it's like got giant Edward Scissorhands claws and it's like sing, sing, and stabbing motherfucker. It's awesome. Wow. It was awesome. There sounds, was there was a feathered velociraptor. Like sounds it's like I should run out and watch it right now. No, but whenever it's on a thing, you should okay. definitely watch it. Because uh, if, you, if, you like, if you like dinosaurs, there's only one dinosaur franchise out there, buddy. Yeah, it's true. 
I mean, unless you consider Godzilla a dinosaur. Depends on the continuity. Sometimes he's a dinosaur. But... And he looks kind of like a dinosaur or a dragon. Sometimes he's a dinosaur. Depends on like which we talking about high say. Oh God, stop! About, just stop. Talking, never mind. We're talking about never mind. Talking about never mind. We're talking, about, <laughs> talking about American. He's an iguana in the nineteen ninety eight um, oh, American one. Ugh. Ugh. Terrible. What, what, what are we talking about here? I haven't watched any new movies. Um. Watched the first episode of the second half of the new season of Stranger Things. Oh, yeah? It's pretty good. Is it? Mm-hmm. Do they get haircuts? Because goddamn, in the trailers, they're Oh, their fucking hair is terrible. Fucking, I was alive in the 80s. Hair was bad. Wasn't that bad. Ah, there was some pretty bad hair back then. Yeah, but nobody had a bowl cut. Look, mullets and bowl cuts were two distinct eras of hairstyle because I had them both. You'd never had them both at the same time. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, that's not true. I've, I've met kids that were. They're the kids whose mom cut their hair. God damn. AKA not me. Yeah. But maybe totally me. Like, like I had a mullet and then I got the mullet cut off for the bowl cut. Yeah. But the bowl cut went all the way around and then you put a pompadour on the front. You didn't have bowl cut bangs. You had a pompadour on the front. No, but who put a pompadour on the front of a bowl cut? Everybody who went to Skateland in 1992. Jesus Christ. We were the cool kids. Were you? There was so much moose in our hair. It was basically like just a brick. It was like a rock fucking hard. It was a rock hard, big old swoopy bangs on the front of our bowl cut with the sharpest part you've ever seen in your life, right? Just Just a razor sharp part. In a giant swoopy bang. Yeah, I never did my my bangs like that. Ah, oh. no, no. You know how much time we spent in front of the mirror trying to get the way perfect? too fucking much. Ooh, yes, I saw some video of a guy doing a very masculine makeup job. I'm like, that's not a th- well. No, it was. He didn't look like the fucking. Uh, he didn't look the like- Road Warriors or the Ultimate Warrior or fucking but, Sting but or wait, ICP when he wait, was done. Wait, what? Did he look like Poison? No. If he looked like Poison, I'd let it go. No. If he looked like uh, you know Poison on the cover of what the cat dragged in. No, he just looked like uh, a dude wearing way too much makeup. Well, see, no, you gotta you gotta do it like kind of really half-assed and not quite as drag queeny as they did in Poison. Yeah, I don't really understand what the fucking like this push for all this stuff that's not masculine is masculine. Yeah, well, it's. Um, I mean, there's definitely an agenda. It's retarded. Yes. It's the retarded agenda. But if you're going to wear makeup as a man, you got to do it real slapdash and shoddy like they did on the cover of Poison Yeah, now albums, this dude... Where you just had way too much blush for some reason. This dude's like too much blue filling eyeliner. in and blocking. Like, he's filling no. in his eyebrows and shit. And I'm like, bro. They don't do that. They just kind of like... They rubbed blush on their cheeks. Then they rubbed way too much blue eyeshadow yeah. on. You know, like Twisted Sister. Yeah, exactly. Okay. If you do it like Twisted Sister, D. you're Snyder. Right. Yeah. D. Snyder was, made it manly. <laughs> I guess. You gotta burn in hell. Great song. Fuck. Twisted Sister was awesome. It's one of my favorite parts of the Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. movie. Don't you burn hell. So yeah. Alright. Alright. We got anything else? No, not really. Alright, Connor, what do you want? Oh, I want to talk about Chernobyl. Yeah. You said you were interested. Timely. 
a timely topic for the modern era, Chernobyl. Hit it up. Is is this a visual aid for talking about Chernobyl? Oh, it's a uranium atom plush I made. You, I glued pom-poms together. You know, nobody can see this. It's an audio podcast. I know, but it's okay. fun to show it to you, because you matter. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. Oh. Okay. All right. I tried. <laughs> All right. Fill uh, his head with this shit. <laughs> tell us about... Buddy, tell us about um, the Chernobyl... Uh, what do they call it? The Chernobyl Exclusion Zone? Oh, the Exclusion Zone? Yeah. Tell us about Chernobyl. What are you, you going to tell all us? All right. Uh, first of all, do you have an idea of how a nuclear reactor works? Uh, I know the nuclear power is essentially just there to create steam. It's basically a yes. steam engine, right? Yes. But they just need the steam really quick. Um, it, basically, the uranium is much more energy dense than coal, so you need a tiny amount of uranium to produce the same amount of steam and power as you would with an like equivalent energy equivalent of coal. Okay. So basically, it's like you can do the same amount of like uranium. I forgot the exact number, but it's like millions of times more energy dense than coal. Okay. So a couple pellets of uranium is equivalent to like a train car worth of coal. Got it. So that's one of the reasons. So uh, one of the important things about a nuclear reactor is that your uranium atoms spit out neutrons. These neutrons collide with the other uranium atoms and they become unstable and they split apart. And that splitting apart releases energy and more neutrons. And the way a reactor works is that it controls this reaction at a steady rate to produce enough power, but not so much it destroys the reactor. All right. Um, an important element of a nuclear reactor is something called a moderator. All right. Essentially, when neutrons come out of the uranium atom, they're actually traveling too fast. They're traveling about 99% the speed of light. So they leave the core before they can do anything. So you use a moderator to slow them down and increase the reactivity. All right. The key difference between Cherno the reactor design used at Chernobyl and literally every other reactor in the world is that Modern reactors, and basically any reactor, have their coolant and their moderator be the same thing. So if you were ever to have a situation where you had a loss of coolant, you also lose your moderator and the reaction stops. Okay. Chernobyl was not designed this way. Chernobyl had a separate moderator to its coolant, and that moderator was graphite. So, theoretically, if you were to lose coolant in Chernobyl... Uh, you could uh, still have the moderator be there accelerating the reaction, but you have no uh, coolant to take heat away. So it just heats up in infinitely? Yes. Yeah. Um, there are also other problems with the Chernobyl uh, reactor. Um, the, because of the way it was set up, since water is a partial moderator, there's this issue where if that water in your core turns to steam and does it too quickly... Again, the moderation property of the water has disappeared because steam is less dense than regular right. water. Right, right. This is what is known as a positive void coefficient. So if your reactor gets too hot, it produces more steam. Steam is less effective at moderating, and you can see what happens. So the issue with Chernobyl was that the reactor, uh, the, RM the RBMK-1000, what it's called, has is basically 
has to actively be balanced. Like they, the operators have to actively control it and like basically balance this on a knife edge in order to get it to run. When the Soviet Union uh, instituted the RBMK reactor, at the time it was the world's most powerful uh, nuclear reactor at a thousand megawatts of energy production. The Soviet Union, being the Soviet Union and being very confident in their engineering, uh, did not do any prototypes with the RBMK reactor and just put it straight into production. Oh, perfect. Yep. Typical Soviets. Um, one of the interesting uh, design things of the RBMK reactor is that um, it could use uranium that was less refined and less enriched as other uh, reactors as a cost-cutting measure. But the problem is you need a much bigger core to do that, so their core is fucking huge yeah. compared to a modern reactor. And this had separate design issues where since the core is so large, you can have like hot spots and stuff develop and they may not see the hot spots because the sensors only go through the middle of the core, which is like bigger than your house. Got it. Now, here's an interesting thing uh, about uh, the RBMK reactor. Before Chernobyl, there was an RBMK reactor at Leningrad, 1975, that discovered a fatal design flaw of the RBMK reactor. Um, so, that going back to the nuclear reaction, there is something called an iodine pit. When your atoms fission, they produce uh, daughter products that are also radioactive. One of these products is iodine, which then decays into xenon-135. This xenon absorbs neutrons and basically saps energy from your reactor if allowed to build up. So the way reactors are de designed is essentially you can't run them at low power for extended periods of time because the xenon will build up and will poison the reaction. And the only way to extract usable power from the reactor then is to either A, do it properly, shut down the reactor for several days, let that xenon decay away and do a cold start, or do what the Soviet Union did and say fuck it and pull out the control rods to get power back up to a usable level. And that uh, doesn't end well, apparently. No, it did not end well for the RBMK reactor at Leningrad in 1975. And it had a fuel melting event. Due to the Soviet government being in charge of the reactor in Leningrad, this was covered up. So the operators at Chernobyl did not know the reactor could even fucking do this. Oh. So, because uh, what happened at Leningrad was a state secret. Sure. Yep. And not only that was a state secret, but the fuel melting event at Chernobyl in 1982 of reactor unit number one also had a fuel melting event that was covered up. Before the... Before yes, there the... was a meltdown at Chernobyl in 1982. And, and when did the, the one that we know about happen? 1986. All right. So... Huh. So they knew this was happening. Hold on a second. There is a weird sound. Hold on, hold on, hold Sorry. on. Sorry. Ah, there, the, the, the fucking vibration in our... 
you should you should see the it doesn't matter go on all right so it was quite obvious at this point the soviet union was willing to play with fire and keep doing it despite very obviously being burned yeah well um so to gotta speaking of which um the night at chernobyl in 1986 April 26th, I believe, or uh, end of April, just before May, if I don't get the exact date right. Um, there was suppo- there, they were running a safety test. Basically, this test was to see if the reactor could provide power to its cooling system if external power was cut off. But the problem is the diesel backup generators took too long to wind up. To produce power. Yeah. So the test was to use the spinning down turbine of the main plant to feed power into the plant while the generators were spinning up. Okay. This test had not been successfully performed the three prior times it was attempted at other reactors. And not only that, but this test... Um, needed to be completed before the reactor was put online, but, of course, uh, the person in charge at Chernobyl at the time lied about this so they can meet uh, economic quotas. Right. So, essentially, they put the reactor online first and said, now, we're going to do the safety test after we got our bonus. Great. <laughs> so, the, the safety test, is that what caused the meltdown? You will all get to that. Okay. So... What happened was there was a phone call to Chernobyl that told them the pow- before that the power had to be brought to a certain power level before the test could be performed so the reactor was brought to half power and then the Chernobyl power plant gets a phone call from a neighboring city that something's wrong with their power so Chernobyl needs to stay online until the evening in order to uh, produce power for the city until the night shift comes in. The issue was, that means Chernobyl was running at low power for extended periods of time, which put it in the iodine pit. Okay. So, uh, so everything changes over, and the night shift comes in, and uh, the night shift uh, did not have any of the special engineers that were briefed or prepped for this test. So it's literally the dude in charge just barking out orders at people to do the test who have not been briefed and are very unsure of themselves. But the issue is, in Soviet management culture at the time was, do as you're told or you will get fired and shit-canned from every possible good job for the rest of your life and you will be lived in destitution. Oh my god, like, I've never worked at a job like that where they just threw you on something without giving you any prior training or information on how to do it. Yeah. Never never happened to either of us. But at least, you know, my job is completely meaningless and not, um... I'm not helming a fucking nuclear bomb. I'm literally producing garbage. I'm a garbage manufacturer. That's true. Ow. (laughs) <laughs> so obviously the the reactor falls into the iodine pit and its power drops all the way to 1%, okay. 30 megawatts. Nowhere near needed what they needed to do the test. Okay. And uh the chief engineer running the situation at the time, Anatoly Dyatlov, wanted that test done now. There Perfect. was no waiting, no quotas. Doesn't matter about protocol. He wants that fucking test done now. Right. 
So all but eight of the 211 control rods were uh, <clears throat> removed to bring the core up to uh, power required for the test, but even then it wasn't enough. It, the core was only brought up to 7% power, while I think the requirement for the test was around like 30%. So at this point, with all of the core, uh, all the control rods pulled out, and when they did the pump test, they cut power to the core's pumps. So there wasn't enough water flow going through the reactor, and it was already running at the red line at this point. So there's a huge power spike, and power starts rocketing up. All nuclear reactors have a button called the scram button it is the oh shit i press this button and it puts down in all of the control rods to stop the reactor okay. in the soviet reactors this is called the az5 button now there's another fatal flaw to the rbmk reactor design it doesn't have that button <laughs> no 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 actually the button causes the meltdown we'll get to that oh so the way the control rods were set up in this reactor is that the control rods are made of boron and they absorb and block neutrons. They slow the reaction. The thing is, though, since the core is filled with water and water is a partial moderator, it sort of slows the reaction even when you don't want it to. So the way the control rods were set up in Chernobyl is that they were tipped with graphite, which is what helps accelerate the reaction. So... When the co so when you first insert the control rod, that graphite tip enters first and causes a brief power spike. And under normal circumstances, like, the reactor can handle it, but at this point, it was already running at the red line. Yeah. And that little power spike was what basically started an un uh, unstoppable uh, increase in power, which ruptured the fuel channels which then caused those control rods to get lodged and could not fully insert. So the graphite was there, stuck, endlessly accelerating the reaction. Like, if you stepped on the gas, and it got stuck there. I hate when I get stuck and can't fully insert. <laughs> uh, so, this obviously causes Does all it? of the water in the reactor... Does it cause your reaction to infinitely speed up? And yes. Then you fucking <laughs> Break, blow yourself apart. Yes. You rupture the fucking <laughs> the fuel channel. <laughs> uh. So <laughs> you're so God proud of yourself. God damn it. <laughs> God well, damn. there is an explosive finish to this analogy too, so don't worry. Um. <laughs> So, all of the water in the core flashes the steam, and now that water isn't moderating anymore. So, the whole core uh, be explodes in the first explosion. Before the sensors to the core was destroyed, the power output re read at 33,000 megawatts. About, it, about 10 times what the reactor is designed to do. And mind you, that is before the sensors was destroyed before it could read it anymore, so it could have been higher. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So they all had, um... Oh, no. Th that was the first explosion. Oh. The second explosion was the hydrogen explosion that ensued because the radioactive uh, 
decay, the heat was so intense that it decomposed the water and steam in the core into hydrogen and oxygen. And the hydrogen explosion is what destroyed the plant, uh, blew the core material everywhere, and like took, created a crater in the Chernobyl roof. So, I know a lot of people are fearful of nuclear power, but I just want to throw it out there. Chernobyl was a whole train wreck of deliberate, conscious, bad design choices that quite literally no other country would have allowed to exist. Yeah. Because quite literally, no other country would design a reactor like the RBMK. Yeah, but we want to use butterfly power because it's, uh, it's renewable. Oh, God. Well, if you harness enough butterflies all flapping their wings... Or unicorn farts. That's another really good one. So, so it's not like those uh, Chernobyl was a nuclear power plant and just an accident happened. It's like no, there, it was a whole chain of conscious bad decisions. That, yeah, it wasn't even an accident. It was just an intentional series of making the wrong decisions. Yeah, the the Soviet government in a nutshell. It was like uh, it was like a building started on fire. Well, it was like somebody started a building on fire and then they. They pulled up a fucking With fire a fuel truck. fuel tanker? Yeah, well, then they pulled up a fire truck, and instead of hooking it up to, like, a water, they hooked it up to a fucking fuel line and just started spraying more and more fuel on it. Oh, my God. How, why is it spreading? And I then, can't believe this. And then threw a bunch of fireworks into it yeah. just in case. And here's some right. fun bits about the aftermath. Uh, the reactor operators, uh, due to, like having false confidence in the RBMK design because the reactor was hyped up by Soviet propaganda, did not believe it could explode. Sure. So they thought they were dealing with a normal hydrogen explosion. So when they went to test the radiation, the high-level uh, Geiger counters uh, burnt out. <laughs> and, the, and the lower ones, uh, they can only get a reading of 3.6 Rentgen, which is a measurement of radiation. Keep in mind... The reading, that reading is what those counters max out as. Right. And they took it as face value. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, it, it would not be until later uh, when they started understanding the severity of the can of worms they just opened that, no, it's not 3.6 Rankin. It's more like 16,000. Oh, Jesus. Um, the senior engineer in charge, Anatoly Dyatlov, was essentially like, yes, the reactor was poorly designed, but he was sort of like that asshole boss that pushed you to get shit done regardless of safety or protocol. Right. And um, basically, he refused to believe the warning of one of the plant personnel that came and told him that the tops of the reactor lid were bouncing off, like bouncing up and down from the pressure. Well, that's and, normal, right? And keep in mind, these are 800-pound graphite blocks, and yeah. there are thousands of them on top of, I mean, hundreds of them on top of the core. So they're all, like, bouncing up well, and down. Well, if they bounce up and release some of the pressure, then it all calms down and everything's okay, right? So that's the, that's um, how it's designed. Sadly, that person died, because <laughs> he wasn't in the reactor room at the time it exploded, but their shitty boss, refusing to believe anything happened to him, uh, wanted him to go back and inspect the reactor room 
to prove that, oh, something's wrong. And he just got fucking flash cooked by radiation? Yeah, and I believe he was also looking for one of his colleagues, too, so that was kind of part of it. But that's, like, really shitty that, like, you avoided your death, but you get ordered back to it by your asshole boss. He was like, uh, he was like Spock in Star Trek 2. He's in there, and he's like, the ship, out of danger, bumps into the glass. That was, uh, that was that guy. So, um... Nothing. My notes... Nothing for my perfect fucking Star Trek II analogy. He's just gonna bowl right over it. I'm sorry, I I need to watch Star Trek II. You've never seen Star Trek II? No. Get off of my fucking show. What are you doing? What the hell? You just is... watch all the movies? Oh my god, that's... You haven't even watched the best movie? Oh my goodness, Connor. It is not the best movie. No, it's not. You stop that. Six is. Yeah, Undiscovered Country. (laughs) Six is. Also, number four is my favorite. That's fair. But it's not the best. No, it's terrible. (laughs) But it's fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's like Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There be whales. All right, so this Chernobyl train wreck. I'm sorry, are we we fucking... Are we uh, derailing your podcast? I'm sorry. Go on. Hey, you're the one who said you were interested in Chernobyl and wanted <laughs> no. to know. No, you invited me. Did you say it once? Yeah, like probably a year ago. Yeah, that might have been. I don't know. <laughs> well, so the uh, obviously the uh, react the building of reactor number four is on fire. Yeah. Uh, the fire crew w- did not have any PPE or like protective equipment for radiation, and they were not informed. You know what they did have? A lot of pee-pee. That, and lots of cancer, because they all died. Like, well, yeah. every one of the firefighters, the first responders to Chernobyl died. I don't see how that's possible. There's only 3.6 retgens of uh, yeah. radiation. That's barely anything. Yeah. <laughs> not great, but not terrible. You just take a couple of pills and you're fine. Yeah, some Radex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, so um, there's quite a lot of internal drama of, like, basically internal Soviet scientists trying to convey the severity of, the, of this natural disaster unfolding to the Soviet government. Yeah. And it's basically, like, a constant argument of this is worse than what you're alluding on to. And... Mm, Basically, a science institution started picking up radiation in the air miles away from the Chernobyl power plant. How long between this shit all going down was it before they actually built the containment coffin over it? Oh, several months. Jesus Christ. So this thing's just bleeding fucking... Because it doesn't stop, right? It just keeps on creating more and more radiation it just keeps on breaking down right well basically uh when the uranium decays it fissions and releases radiation so it spreads the particles around of these radioactive isotopes right so it doesn't necessarily make things radioactive but it spreads this radioactive dust yeah that's what i mean but it just and it just keeps on doing that right yeah and i mean it's still doing it right 
Kind of, but it's been cleaned up and contained. And you've seen the new safe confinement, right? That huge Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arch. The sarcophagus, the new sarcophagus. Yeah. But like inside that sarcophagus, it's still just spewing radioactive material all over itself, right? Like inside there? Or is well, it, no, it slowed it's, down? It's slowed down because the thing is when something's radioactive, that means it decays. Yeah, I understand. And everything will eventually decay into well, lead. What's and- the half-life on it? Half-Life on Uranium 235, I'm not quite sure, but it's daughter products. The What Uranium 235 fissions into is actually the dangerous stuff. Right. Because um, the general is that the more radioactive something is, the shorter its half-life. Okay. So actually, the really nasty stuff decays Decays first. quickly. I yeah. got it. So much of the nasty shit at Chernobyl has decayed, and it's like the lower level, longer term stuff that they gotta worry about there now. Got it. Yeah, they built... So, when all this shit happened, I guess months later, they end up building basically a giant, just a giant fucking concrete dome over the whole thing. It's just like, well, we can't do anything about this. Just put a building over it. And then, how long was it between that and the new one? Uh, a couple decades. Yeah. But I'll get to the building of the sarcophagus because there's some uh, fun little details about how they've tried to contain it. First, what they did was mine underneath the power plant because there was an issue. Um, that melted down fuel was traveling to below the reactor into the basement. Right. Well, that basement was flooded with water due to all the firefighting efforts. Okay. And... Uh, If you mix extremely high temperature lava with water, you get a steam explosion, which is how certain volcanoes explode in a phreatic eruption. And the estimated yield from that eruption would be around one kiloton, people have calculated. To give you an idea, like, you know that explosion that destroyed the port in Beirut? No. Okay. But you know that explosion that destroyed the port in... uh, No. Okay. No, I don't. The short version is, it would have been powerful enough to destroy the three other reactors at the Chernobyl power plant facility, and then you got Chernobyl times four. So the Soviet Union finally started realizing the severity of the fucking problem they had. So they created this huge effort to mine underneath the power plant and create a heat exchanger lined with concrete and graphite and like cooling pipes to catch the melted down reactor fuel. Luckily, uh, it cooled down fast enough that it wasn't necessary, but that was a worry they had. Sure. They actually had to have, like, scuba divers and radiation suits go into the plant and manually operate the valves to empty out the water of the plant. Huh. And fun fact, they actually live. They're still alive today, I believe. Well, good. Yeah, the actual heroes... Those still sound like the worst jobs ever. Yeah. Hey, dig under this fucking place that's probably oh. going to kill you. Oh, yeah. let me get to that, actually. Maybe definitely going to kill well, you. you got a fucking six minutes to get to everything you're getting to, so get to it. No, the, the Soviet Union uh, needed quite a lot of manpower to, for the Chernobyl cleanup, so mm. one of the things they did was, hmm, you could serve two days cleaning up Chernobyl, or you can spend two years in Afghanistan and didn't tell them about... The severity of the radiation there. Deuce the is going to see the desert. <laughs> nah, I think I'd go so radiate. Like, I'd be the elephant man. That sounds like fun. No, not at all. So You get to scuba dive inside a building? Whoever gets to do that again? 
Whoever wanted to do it in the first place. Me, I want to go scuba diving inside a building. I mean, the radioactive part sucks, and the fact that it's probably a thousand degrees. The in only there. people who do that are the astronauts in space, because right. that's where space is. Is ah. actually in a building underwater, and they're scuba diving, and that's why their suits have recently started developing water leaks. Is that a thing? Yep. What? Yep. Water in the spacesuit helmets. What are you talking about? I got to see this. You've not, you've not seen it, yeah. So, where would I see this? Uh, the news. The news has started showing water in space helmets. No, it's been a problem with NASA helmets. That they leak water? Yeah. There's like excess moisture inside of them. Oh, well, that makes sense. It's be- no, it's because they're underwater. They're in a big fucking tank. It's because it's freezing outside and it's condensating inside. Bro. I know nothing about science and I can explain that Bro. in two seconds. Bro. It's because they're not really in space. Oh, my mistake. There is no space. We got to get through the fucking firmament. Can't yes. get through the firmament. Learn all you can about the firmament next. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, you got three minutes. Find the important shit in there and spit it out. All right, so the cleanup effort to build the sarcophagus did not take place until the Soviet uh, Union was forced to deal with the issue publicly because other countries started were picking to notice. Up yeah, uh, massive amounts of radiation emanating from Ukraine and American satellite footage took uh, photos of the destroyed power plant so the Soviet Union couldn't cover it up to the world that a disaster had happened. It's like, oh, well, they know now. I guess we have to deal with it. Yeah. How did they build that building? Uh, the sarcophagus? Yeah. Um, I mean, so- like, did they build it on site and they just, yes. like, had to fucking have a bunch of people in, like, lead aprons building a fucking... Yes, they actually, it's like, they basically, like, rotated out crews of thousands of people at a time to basically tag in and tag out for a radiation dose. And, like, they had people shoveling off uh, the radioactive graphite from the yeah. roof because it would be too dangerous for the construction workers to put the sarcophagus on. So they had these liquidators. That's where the liquidators of Chernobyl come from, of these people in these radiation chutes, like, shoveling off radioactive debris off the roof of the building. Uh, so the, the radiation would be less intense so the concrete workers could build the sarcophagus. Huh. So, like, liquidators, like, Brunt FCA? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fun fact, they tried to use robots, uh, but it didn't work. And then they tried to use a German robot, but the Soviet Union lied about the intensity of the radiation. So what the robot was designed to handle got fried immediately. Typical Germans. The funny bot couldn't handle it. (laughs) Awkward! Like, um, there's the Chernobyl series on HBO. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes is one of the people running the cleanup at the Chernobyl facility and like the they get this new german robot and have the resort to asking the west for help and it's like kind of embarrassing but finally this robot can make this fucking problem go away and then it dies like 30 seconds into the job and the the official storms off and he starts yelling on the phone He's like, I don't fucking care. Tell Gorbachev, tell the KGB. <laughs> like, I don't care. He's pissed. And he smashes the phone in anger. And he walks out of the room. And it's like, holy shit. They gave them the propaganda number. That robot was never going to work. Uranium-235 takes 700 million years to fully decay. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. But you have to keep in mind that radiation is very low level compared to the nastier short stuff. So it's like 
I mean, to be fair, after like 100 million years, it gets down to about 10%. Oh, well, 200 million years. <laughs> oh, that's the half-life. Yeah, that's the half-life. The 700 million years. So it's half as effective after 700 million years. Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pretty cool. Now, is that uh, what isotope of uranium? 235. Oh, okay, 235. That's the stuff you use for reactor fuel. Yeah, but don't they have like, uh, I mean, I know they have methods for recycling uranium. Yes, they do and, now. But they've had it for 40 years. Since 1980s, the French have been doing it. Well, yeah, but um, we're not talking about the French. We're talking about this one. They're not recycling shit out of Chernobyl, bro. That's no, just going to sit I un- there no, I under- bleeding radiation I understand for 700 that, million Yeah, I don't years. care about them. I don't no, the whole there. episode's about them. No, I know, but what I'm saying... What do you mean you don't care about them? You brought this monster onto my show. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying this is... is you. You have to care. People see that and go, oh my god, that's the Half-Life? Well, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, but it's way weaker than the shit that kills you in, like, minutes. Sure. This like, takes uh, a little time to like, kill you. Like, don't eat it and don't, like, live next to but it. But also, like, every time they recycle and reuse the fuel, it reduces that Half-Life. Yeah, I understand that. Again. I understand that. I'm just talking about what's currently decaying to the, in Chernobyl. To the point that we could probably just use garbage cans. and yeah, no, There you go. That's where we store our... Also, fun fact, all the world's nuclear waste, like the actual high-level stuff, uh, could fit inside a Walmart. And compare that to the well, gigatons of CO2 we just pump out into the atmosphere a, um, and go wherever the fuck it pleases. There's a uh, there's a Walmart on 84th and Park Drive that we're not using. <laughs> it's been empty for decades. Also, another it's not there anymore. Or 84th and and Giles, sorry. The one down in that one's gone. The one in uh, Papillion? Yeah, they tore it down. Across from Baker's? Really? They tore that there's, building down? It's not a Baker's anymore either. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's gone. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a. Uh, Dude, there's like an apartment building over there, like these new fancy apartments and shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. I haven't been down there. And yeah, we go down there. There's a Vietnamese place we eat at sometimes. Gross. It's good. It's really good. All right. Is there anything else important or pertinent about this? Uh, about Chernobyl itself, or do you want to talk about In conclusion. Power? In conclusion. Okay. In conclusion, the the RBMK reactor design is something that should have never left paper, but due to the yes man and results first safety third culture of the Soviet Union is what caused Chernobyl to happen. Quite literally, uh, no other reactor in the world could have produced a disaster on the scale of Chernobyl. Oh, one last thing: the Chernobyl didn't have containment. You know how nuclear power plants have like three feet of reinforced concrete and steel around the reactor room. Chernobyl didn't have that. It was like a, it was like a school room or something. It was like a school gym. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So that's another reason why it was such a disastrous mess is that due to the huge core, it would have been economically unfeasible to uh, build a reinforced concrete and steel containment dome around it. Yeah. Just didn't have one. Right on. Perfect. All right. We have no emails this week. Okay. If you want Perfect. to email for our last email uh, episode ever, the email address is theloudneighbors at outlook.com. Connor, thanks for lecturing us on Chernobyl. Yeah, I You're learned welcome. things. Yeah. Nice. 
because I'm just passionate about nuclear power. And it's like, oh, what about Chernobyl? Maybe you like, should no, go to, Chernobyl maybe, shouldn't have fucking happened. Maybe it's not should, representative of nuclear power. Oh, my God. Maybe you should go to school. Yeah, maybe you should go to school, dummy. <laughs> you have the hair for it. Yeah. Oh to be a Fine. nuclear scientist. And the fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Sure. Uh, you kind of put it on my docket. Maybe you should sign up for classes. You kind of look like Data in fucking in that alien movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>